welcome back to the Curious Kid Podcast. It's been 15 weeks since Olivia interviewed her last guest in our Season 2 premiere, Curious About Dolphins. This week, she will interview another special guest, so Olivia is really excited about this episode. This week we are getting curious about fire. Humans rely on fire for light, heat, and cooking food. Life would not be the same without fire. But we need to be careful because fire can also be dangerous. That's very true. Fire is essential in our everyday lives, but fire can also be dangerous and destructive. In this week's episode, we are going to learn about fire. We are going to learn what to do in the event of a house fire. And Olivia is going to interview a firefighter. There is so much to cover, so let's get started with the question of the week. How much does a firefighter's uniform weigh? And why is it so important for firefighters to get dressed quickly? Okay, let's get started by learning about what fire is. Fire is a chemical reaction that makes light and heat. There are three things that are necessary to have a fire. Without any of these three things, a fire could not exist. The three things are oxygen, heat, and fuel. Because of the need for those three things, fires cannot exist on any other planet besides Earth. Because the other planets don't have enough oxygen to support a fire. Let's discuss the color of fire. When you think of fire, what color or colors come to mind? When I think of fire, I think of the colors yellow and red. I think when most people picture fire in their minds, they think of the color red and sometimes yellow. But fire can be many different colors. In fact, if you see a fire with multiple colors, red will be the least hot color in the fire. The reason I say least hot is that a red fire is still very hot and usually indicates a fire burning at more than 900 degrees Fahrenheit. When flames approach 2,000 degrees, they usually turn orange. Yellow flames indicate even higher temperatures of about 2,500 degrees. The hottest flames will appear to be blue or violet. This is confusing. Usually blue means cold. You're right. Usually blue is used to indicate things that are cool, like water. This is an exception. Blue fire also means lots of oxygen. If you look carefully at a candle flame, you should see some blue light at the bottom, where it is hotter and has more oxygen, and yellow at the top, where less oxygen is available. We often use fire at home to cook food, to light up candles, to provide heat with the fireplace, and for many other purposes as well. It is extremely important to take safety measures to make sure that the fire we use for those purposes is controlled and unable to spread. If you aren't careful with fire, you can end up with a house fire. There are many ways house fires start. Some of the most common are from leaving cooking equipment unattended, from portable heaters, from cigarettes, from electrical equipment or faulty wiring, from candles from barbecues, and from curious children. 
I'm a curious child, but I don't mess with fire. Many kids have the sense not to experiment with fire, but just in case, grown-ups should make sure that things like matches and lighters are not accessible to kids. House fires can hurt and kill, so let's learn how to prevent house fires. Great idea. First, you want to make sure that there are smoke alarms in every bedroom and on every floor of the house. You also want to test your smoke alarms often to make sure they work properly. You also want to discuss what to do in the event of a fire with your family. Fires spread quickly. A typical house fire doubles in size every minute. So make a plan in advance. What are the best things to do when there is a real fire? The best thing to do is to get low and go. Most people that are hurt in house fires are hurt from inhaling dangerous smoke. The dangerous smoke and gases collect along the ceiling, so get low right away and start crawling towards the exit. You also need to move quickly. Once you hear the smoke alarm, get out. Many people act slowly because they assume a false alarm and never think that they would actually ever encounter a house fire. House fires hurt more than 12,000 people per year in the United States, and 2,500 people lose their lives to house fires annually, so any house can be impacted by a house fire. Olivia, why don't you tell us what you're supposed to do if your clothes catch on fire? When your clothes catch on fire, the best thing to do is stop, drop, and roll. That means stop what you're doing, drop to the floor, and roll back and forth until the fire is out. This is the best way to extinguish the fire. You also want to know where your fire extinguisher is and how to use it. Fire extinguishers are really useful in controlling fires before they get out of control. How do fire extinguishers work? They work by spraying water, foam, carbon dioxide, and other chemicals at the fire to help put it out. Interesting fact. Nobody knows who invented the fire extinguisher because the patent was destroyed in a fire in the year 1836. How do firefighters put out the fire? Do you remember the three things that are necessary for fire to exist? They were oxygen, heat, and fuel. Well, firefighters put out fires by removing one or more of these things, which will make it impossible for the fire to continue. They can remove the fuel source for the fire, and if the fire burns through all its fuel, it will stop burning. They can remove oxygen by smothering the fire, and finally, they can remove heat, and the most common way they remove heat is by using water to put out the fire. Fortunately, we have an amazing guest who can help us learn more about fire because he is a firefighter and paramedic from the great state of Maryland. His name is Craig, and we are so grateful that he is joining us to answer a few questions. Craig, thank you so much for being on the Curious Kid podcast. How did you decide to be a firefighter? Hi, Olivia. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Your podcast is something that my wife and kids try and listen to each week, and if I'm around, I try to as well. I think you're doing an amazing job, and we get to learn something new with every podcast. Before I get started on answering your excellent questions, I just wanted to tell a little bit about myself and my experiences. 
Participation in the fire service is something that is a long tradition on my father's side of the family. It goes all the way back to my great-grandfather and possibly farther. A lot of my uncles and cousins are firefighters as well. When I was growing up, each weekend my father would take my two older brothers and myself to the firehouse to do different things. So you could say I've been around it my whole life. However, when it came for me to be able to join, I initially didn't want to. For a while, both my brothers kept telling me to join. I eventually agreed and became a volunteer firefighter in 1998. That was the start of something I just could not stop doing. It was not until 2004 that I was hired by the Anne Arundel County Fire Department and became a career firefighter. I've now been with them for over 15 years. During that time, I became a paramedic, an apparatus driver, and now I'm a lieutenant. When firefighters respond to a call, is it always the house fire? That is a great question. When firefighters respond to a call, is it always a fire? Well, the answer is no. Realistically, on average, firefighters only respond to a fire about 4% of the time. That means for every 100 calls we respond to, only 4 of them would be fires. Now, knowing that, you might be curious about what the other 96 calls are that we go on. Well, it's a big mix of things. Most of those calls are to help out in ambulance. Other calls that we go on include fire alarm activations, car accidents, and other calls to assist people with different things. Now, this is a big difference from where fire departments were roughly 30 years ago. Back then, they ran three to four times as many fires as we do now. But over the past 30 years, there's been a lot of advances in fire safety and technology. This means people are being safer, and we are doing more to prevent fires. When you are in a house fire, how do you move through the house when the fire and smoke make it so hard to see? That is another great question. In the past, firefighters had to be on their hands and knees crawling around a building. This was slow and difficult. You were only moving based off what you could touch. If you lost touch with the wall of your partner, it would be easy to get lost. However, nowadays things have been made easier because of technology. Now we have thermal imaging cameras. These are small cameras that can help you see through smoke and show us the level of heat of everything around us. The different colors we see on the camera can tell us what is hot and what is cold. And since things take different amount of time and heat to get hot, we can see everything that's around us. These cameras, when they first came out, were big and bulky and expensive. However, now they are small, lightweight, and the cost is a point where some departments are giving one to every firefighter. These cameras allow us to get through a building quicker and to be able to put out the fire or help get somebody out if they are trapped inside. And now the question of the week. How much does the uniform weigh, and why is it so important for you to get dressed so quickly? Well, Olivia, the gear firefighters wear when they're going to fire can weigh more than 75 pounds. The coat, pants, boots, helmets, protective hood, gloves, and air pack can weigh about 45 pounds. The rest of the weight is based on what extra tools we are carrying. What we carry is going to be based on what our job is. For some jobs, we need to carry heavy tools like saws or axes or crowbars, while other jobs we need to move a hose line or maybe carry and put up ladders. As for the second part of your question, why is it important to get dressed so quickly? Well, that's because of how fast a fire can spread. A fire can grow twice its size in just 30 seconds or sometimes less. While that doesn't seem like much at first, it can make a small fire really big within just a couple minutes. So we need to be able to get ready to fight a fire, get there, and be able to put it out as soon as possible. Wow, that was an amazing interview. A big, big thanks to Craig for taking the time to share his knowledge with us. That's a wrap for this week's episode. This episode was a lot of fun. Show us your love by subscribing to Curious Kid Podcast, sharing us with your friends, leaving us a review, emailing us at curiouskidpodcast at gmail.com, following us on social media, and supporting us on Patreon. 
We've had the opportunity to get to know some of our listeners, and we are so lucky to have people like you that enjoy listening to us. As always, thank you so much for listening and getting curious with us.